I'm Maddie. I am Ryan. And welcome to an evening record of the Mutant Ages. <laughs> the lights are low. That's right. We're setting the mood a little bit. The sexiness levels are high. I, I don't... It is an X-Men show. <laughs> it's it's the X-Men anime. Actually, this is the least sexy episode of the X-Men anime. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. keep things sexy though because also we can what is today maddie oh yeah we do have to keep things sexy because today is our six-year anniversary of the podcast oh my god that's right like today the day you downloaded this episode because of course you downloaded it right at midnight when it when it released so go ahead pop that that sparkler get it lit up get those fireworks going <laughs> open up your your champagne, champagne or sparkling apple cider whatever get you know get the cbd drinks out or <laughs> oh my god ask gina for a joint yeah pass pass the jays i know beast beast ask is beast like for a joint ask gina for yeah, a joint say, and him beast. And Forge are showing up with like these uh joints that they created over in krakoa like they grew them off the plants of krakoa and they're like this is the joint tree. Mm-hmm. This is the weed I tree. I feel like I just, <laughs> I just like realized that I am dating a stoner environmental biologist, and like somehow never made that connection until right this second. So you're so dating, I'm kind of dating beast? beast crossed with sage, <laughs> in terms of like levels of irritation, personality. <laughs> but like the sweetness factor is very beast. Anyway, I'm, I'm a lucky woman, but yeah. we are a lucky podcast because that's we've right. Been recording for six years, and we. Re- recently surpassed 200 episodes and you might think to yourself but maddie if you're a weekly podcast wouldn't there be way more episodes well for the first several years of our existence we released episodes kind of sporadically we did it bi-weekly it wasn't that sporadic bi-weekly more or less yeah we were pretty good about it we had two episodes a month and i don't remember what happened I mean, I think you I think I had just decided to make it weekly because i was like we need to be a weekly show I'm just going to make it happen. You're 100% right that it was you. And I was almost like, I don't know, Maddie. Why would we do that? And eventually I was like, hey, Maddie, I have this idea. What if we were a weekly show? This is how like all of our ideas go is that Maddie presents an idea to me. And I go, that makes no sense. It's a stupid idea. And then several weeks later, I come back as if I have come up with the idea. But luckily, completely on my own accord. you will be willing to be mocked for doing that every time. It's not as though you like insist the idea was yours. Because I'll be like, Ryan, I suggested that two weeks ago. And you're like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just how we roll. Also, it's fine. I think you subtly plant the seeds in my head on purpose. I do. I feel like that is kind of how we how we roll is that like I'll kind of be like, I think this is the direction we should go. And you'll be like, that sounds hard or like that doesn't make sense to me. And you'll kind of think it over and then be like, actually, 
that makes sense. That's true. But all this to well, say, today, the after Mutant Ages. Our, our six year anniversary <laughs> recording, we'll be over at the Green Lagoon bar dancing with all the characters mm-hmm. from the X-Men. We'll be dancing with Fred. We'll be dancing with Psylocke. Emma will be having a glass of wine. Fred's going to be serving us, serving the drinks. That's true. Emma will not be dancing Emma with us be because... Oh, my God. I, I already posted on Twitter, but... Yeah, you, you post about your dream about Emma ordering <laughs> wine at a concert with you. I don't know why she was at this concert with me because it was like a stadium-level rock concert, something Emma Frost would never go to. But she was there and also was like like Ryan Truman. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't even I tell you like that part. I feel like that's a classic dream thing, though, to like have random characters and people and then also be yeah. like, this person was there, but they also and weren't Knuckles. there. Don't forget about Knuckles. Yeah, anyway, are, are we ready to talk about the X-Men anime? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna, I'm just gonna say that she ordered Dream Emma, Dream Emma Frost. Yeah, Dream Emma Frost wine. is like, if I have to be here, I need some wine. And then a dude just like walks over, pours her a glass of wine, then hands her the bottle and like leaves blank fist and i'm just like are you gonna pay for that and she's like no yeah. <laughs> just in the dream she, she used her her telepathy to get a glass of wine which seems fine to me queen i mean i guess it's immoral yeah, but right? like is it i'll let you consider that ethical quandary while listening to us talk about the x-men anime which introduces all well, kinds I, of ethical you know quandaries what? about telepathy let's, let's be real if it's like at a stadium yeah, show that's what right I said they're, when you told me this charging... story. i was like that wine is like two cents if that for one thing right and but they charge you like 20 dollars per glass and she's just like i'm not doing mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm sure she left a generous tip on her way out the door because emma is nothing if not classy that is true she's the queen anyway uh so this show <laughs> is about emma frost still and actually also sort of the Hellfire Club. Yeah, so it does actually, actually yeah, check kind out. Of is about the Hellfire Club. A lot happens in this episode again. Mm-hmm. We get some more reveals and we get some fight scenes and action sequences, which I feel like it's been a while. Like last week when we had Todd on the show, we had a lot of dialogue heavy scenes in which there were major plot reveals, but it was still a lot of sitting around and talking. But then at the end of that episode, Yui Sasaki was walking down one of the the hallways of her Resident Evil-esque underground lab that is full of corridors. And zombies. And zombies. And she was attacked, but we don't know by whom or what. We just heard a hissing noise that I was referring to as a ceiling snake. She's attacked by the fucking fucking plant tentacle monster from Resident Evil 1. Honestly, the second monster in this looks a lot like the plant tentacle monster. That's true, it does. And it does kind of do the same thing, except it's... (laughs) In Resident Evil 1, Chris gets tangled up into it, and Rebecca's just standing there, and he's like, Rebecca, get out of here. I have to stay in this tentacle (laughs) monster for for no real reason. reason. And Rebecca's like, (laughs) I've got this. And then he plays Rebecca for a really long time, and she just kind of like wanders around the mansion, like doing science while like Chris is getting butt fucked. Very Mm -hmm, Logan mm -hmm, of him. mm -hmm. This is yet another character Ryan has a crush on, is Chris Redfield, of course. Any character that gets tentacles enveloped around him and is like, oh no, but is like winking and being like, I'm actually kind of into this. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, so previously on the X-Men, there a bunch of crazy shit happened. A lot of crazy stuff's happened on this show. I feel like we don't need to recap it all. So they actually give us a little flashback at the very beginning of the episode where Yui Sasaki is screaming because she's being attacked by this mysterious entity. Uh, and then we kind of see where everybody else is. The only people we don't see are Logan, Hank, and Aurora, who are walking back from having investigated the Blackbird, which has been 
eaten by a snow slash cum monster, as we refer to it. And after investigating it, they got attacked by two characters who were invented entirely for the show, who are called Martian Rat. They're two mutant characters that we talked about last week quite Kinda a bit. love them. We love they're them, but gay. we have really no idea what their deal is, because again, they're just from the anime. And they don't seem to be based on anybody I recognize, but I guess they're the Hellfire Club. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they are. Uh, on this show, they're the Hellfire Club, along with uh, Master mind and at one time emma frost we don't know if there are any other members or at least not any that we need to care about well there was like the big dude that we were trying to theorize who that was yeah we never did find out who that is i think it was supposed to be sublime it could have been or it could have just been donald pierce randomly i mean who knows it doesn't who knows no it doesn't so storm and wolverine and beast are walking back to this mysterious cabin that is sitting on top of a massive underground science facility that is run by dr yui sasaki who is as it turns out the ex-girlfriend of professor x because she's kind of also moira mctaggart she has red hair by the way yeah and they had a child together that she didn't reveal to him until last week his name's takeo and yui implied that takeo was dead but the way she put it made it seem like maybe he is just locked in a room, Proteus style. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's going on there. So he's probably running around. We don't get any answers in this. No, not in this episode, but we do learn a lot more <laughs> in this episode. I will say that. Every single time that something crazy happens in this episode, Beast is like, bitch, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? So, like, basically, since arriving... Like, he get, progressively gets more and more annoyed as the episode goes on. Yeah, Beast has just been like, okay, Dr. Sasagi... And Emma has also backed Beast up. Both of them have been like, you need to tell us what's going on. And she's like, IDK. Like, yeah, there's a I'm whole lot right of now. mutants um, in Northern can we Japan. talk about it later? And there's I, also a telepathic dead zone surrounding my laboratory, but I don't know anything about it. That has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Oh, yes, I heard about bridges exploding and like fish Ignored dying that. in droves in every river in Northern Japan, but that has nothing to do with me either. And it's offensive to me that you would even suggest that it does. And also my lab techs are really suspicious. Ignore them also and please leave <laughs> and stop asking me questions. It's like every single suspicious thing is leading to this woman's doorstep and she will not answer any questions and it's like funny that she thinks she can get away with it also yeah i mean to be fair i feel like whatever's happening in this show i don't i don't think she's responsible for all the human shit and the people morphing but she definitely knows something right that much is true well i think she might have been working here's my theory i think she was working working on something for her son with charles i agree i think she was working on a cure that based on having seen this week's episode that's my new prediction is that she's working on a mutant cure quote unquote because literally one of the fucking people screams this was supposed to cure me yeah so So. it's not that crazy of a theory no (laughs) but i also think it's possible that her cure is actually the virus the beast has discovered in mutants in this area and has been healing because beast is actually a good scientist and not a hack. <laughs> um, so he developed an antiviral and has been just steadily curing all the mutants that he finds. But what's weird about it is that those mutants that beast met with a couple episodes ago said that they didn't start experiencing symptoms until after the U men interacted with them. So then it's like, okay, so how are the U men related to Dr. Sasaki? Are they related and how's Mastermind figuring into all of this? Because yeah, he's another knows. mysterious figure in the background. And it's kind of fun that we still don't know the answers to all these questions. Like, there's a lot of plot threads dangling around, but it's it's paced really well. Like, I'm not confused about anything. I'm just, like, seeing each question get slowly answered 
and then more things are revealed as we go along, which is fun. Yeah. Just a good show. Good television. It is a good show. We have enjoyed it phenomenally more than the past couple of things yeah. that we've watched. Especially because it's got pretty much all of our favorite characters on the show. Um, a lot of stuff thematically from Wolverine and the X-Men, like Emma working with Scott, who's coping with Jean's death. Scott and Logan are dating. Beast is there and he's catty, but also polite at the same time, which is always fun to watch. Like, it's got everything we like. And Xavier's not really on the show. <laughs> also great. <laughs> Although this version of Xavier is like not that bad. He's not. I'm really wondering if I'm going to keep thinking that, though, because here's my other weird theory. So Armor is the teen girl who's enlisted with the X-Men and she She's from Japan originally, so she's kind of like our way in. She's like the Jubilee or the Kitty Pride of this show. Uh, so she comes to Dr. Sasaki's house and she's like, wait, suddenly upon entering this doorway, I'm having all these weird scattered memories of having attended the Sasaki Institute. And I knew Dr. Sasaki and I even knew this little boy. And she's asking Dr. Sasaki questions and not getting any answers. And she has this mysterious burn on her hand. But here's the thing. Dr. Sasaki has said she's not a mutant. So how could she have gone about brainwashing armor? So I'm worried right. that like Xavier did it at some oh, point. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Because That's I'm like, who could have done this? And at one point, Xavier was dating her. So like, what happened? But I also think it might be their kid with psychic powers. Right. And that, because he's kind of a legion theory. Proteus hybrid. Seemingly. I, don't, I so mean, maybe, I guess we're just saying that we have not I mean, met this character like at it. all. I don't know. We don't know. I mean, at the end of this episode, we just have to assume that's what that even is. Oh, my God. We'll have to get to that <laughs> part. <laughs> well, wait, like, it's just it's fun to try to make predictions because of how much mystery is here. So it, it's fun. And also, it's been fun for me, like editing the episodes of the podcast after seeing the next week because a lot of times I'm like editing the most insane theories from us and being like well that was proven wrong a week later and like that's fun so I'm sure the listeners are enjoying that too especially if they know the ending but that's, that's those are my crazy predictions so far are we ready to get into the app yeah I think so I mean it just literally picks up from where it left off where that snake thing that we heard that yeah I mean, it's <laughs> not a snake that is like it was like <laughs> It was making snake noises, and I don't even it remember that. It kind of is, and it kind of keeps <sighs> making hissing noises the whole time, but it's basically like a giant spider crossed with a scorpion. Like, it has those um, that mandibles. shoots jizz out of its <laughs> scorpion tail. Acid it literally jizz. Acid is like, jizz. Okay, there's a point where it shows it, like, slowly leaking out of the hole of the scorpion tail. I'm like, this is literally sexual. Like, there, mm-hmm. this is very... Like homoerotic, like this but is it's a not homoerotic. Because, spoilers: this scorpion is a lady. Okay, but <laughs> but you're right. It has a very phallic, um, destructive jizz thing that it's shooting at people. I will I will like, concede. It is very yeah, phallic. Right. Uh, and so it's attacking Doctor Sasaki right now, and yeah. armor's running to her. I will also say. It's kind of too bad that they didn't stick with the spider theme because like usually a spider is kind of like seen as like a feminine antagonist because of like Black Widows and stuff. So I feel like yeah. it kind of would have been cool if they'd done the spider That's thing instead of the scorpion I never with her. thought about it that way. But 
I don't know. Scorpions are scarier, I guess. I don't freaking know. So they went with, they kind of started off with a spider design and then she sort of morphs into a scorpion halfway through the fight. They're morphing into the craziest shit on they the show. They really like, are. There's so much morphing. That's it's a mutant that's like, my power is out of control. Animorphs crossed with Akira is okay, basically this like, show. Yeah, really though, because it's <laughs> like they're not morphing into a greater version of whatever their powers are. They're just no. morphing into bigger, it's like when Resident Evil. They're morphing into horrifying Akira yeah. slash Resident Evil monsters. Right, like, every I just think about, time. like, every, like, giant baths battle in Resident Evil. It's like somebody yep. injecting themselves, like a human injecting themselves with something, and then suddenly, oh, what is it, fucking Resident Evil 5, mm-hmm. where you're, like, on that boat, and the lady gets injected with stuff, yep. and she turns yep. into, like, an octopus that is taking over the boat, like, giant squid style. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think also in Resident Evil 5, there's that separate boss fight with the guy who turns into, like, bats that, like, fly around the room or something. <laughs> Thing. Do you remember that? And you have to like shoot a million like weird black things. Oh like, he like God. becomes smog or something like that. It's been years since I played it, but like wow. the body I forgot horror, that was in that one. I mean, I remember that being something else. Yeah, it's but I could like be that's misremembering what's happening. which which RE game it's in. Admittedly, it's but in one of them. But you're right that that was one of the things that happened. I can't wait for Logan to conclude the anime by having to complete quick time events to push a boulder i cannot wait for that to be the finale yeah and he starts punching it and then <laughs> fucking what is it saber tooth standing there like in like a monologuing pit. that would be hilarious yeah. actually if that was how it ended what a letdown wearing sunglasses it's just like fucking saber tooth wearing sunglasses like it's like the monologuing. worst resident evil game ending is what we're making fun of right now and shout out to the people who get this reference technically it wouldn't really be saber tooth it'd probably be it would be like mr sinister yeah because it's wesker who's monologuing to him in that moment so it should be mr sinister right mr sinister and wesker would definitely like work together oh well they're like the same character anyway the point is we've got all this classic japanese horror tropery going on in the monster design here and you're right, Hisako, aka Armor, is like running towards Dr. Sasaki to save her. By the way, this room they're in basically looks like the Shinra building in FF7, like full of Mako reactors. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're reacting to in here, but there's like these massive furnaces. It's kind of weird. Like, it's like a massive room with a bunch of metal catwalks. I was like, what are they making? I mean, we still don't know. It hasn't been made clear to us yet. Yeah. So we, so we don't know what they're Spoiler alert. We will not know by the end of this episode. Well, we may never know. I mean, maybe they're just refining this mutant cure in these huge vats. Like, maybe that's what it is. I mean, maybe. But right now we're battling the spider scorpion that's attacking Dr. Sasaki. Mm-hmm. Which is also shooting lightning right. in addition to the acid jizz, by the way. Yeah, it's doing that. Armor's trying to protect her with her armor. And then it starts flying. Like, it grows wings. This yeah. is what I mean. It's okay, like... Okay, this is actually really funny because it starts flying and I go, okay, it can fly now. And then right after I wrote that, Hisako said that. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Hisako and I are on the same page. That's okay, so funny. There's multiple times in this episode where Hisako Sako just delivers a line in this like crazy battle where she's like, oh, this again. Like, yeah, kind it's of like, bored. It's classic teenage sarcastic deadpan that I loved for her where she's just like, fucking hell. Like, it's a great, like, this is what it would be like if a teenager was randomly in this life or death battle. But also, like, Logan's doing it too on point. He's like, oh, great. Here we go again. <laughs> like, what, what is it later on that, like, some crazy shit happens and, like, there's an explosion and Scott just turns to Logan and he's like, so anyway. <laughs> like, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> These are the two most jaded characters. Yes. Oh my god. But I don't know why it's flying. I don't either. It just like has dragonfly wings tacked onto its scorpion self. Yeah, it's this crazy Resident Evil boss battle, and then it just cuts over to Logan Beast's storm calmly walking into the building. And they're like, so anyway, and then there's a huge explosion. From the basement. And everyone's like, yeah. and uh, they're like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> And, like, down in the basement, Scott and Emma have caught up to Hisako and Dr. Sasaki. Dr. Sasaki, by the way, is just completely frozen in fear, catatonic, not speaking, not explaining anything. Crying. Ineffective. So, just so you know, she's not helping at all. Armor, Scott, and Emma are doing their damnedest. Emma's, like, turning diamonds. Scott's firing laser beams into the air wildly at nothing and being like, I can't see! (laughs) And, like, Logan, like, runs down there and is like, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, Logan's line here that you're probably remembering is what did the brood land again or something like that's probably what you're remembering is him just being like what the fuck is this i appreciate (laughs) that they made a brood reference that was (laughs) fun great and beast is in classic like similar calm beast fashion is like it appears to be focusing on dr sasaki calmly putting on his google glasses again metroid prime all over again like i can confirm that this is a mutant and has the same virus as the other mutants and inside it is mutating (laughs) This. And its and, like, weak point scre- is the tail, and there's a and light everyone's up just, like, screaming. <laughs> and everyone's like screaming and dying in the background, and Beast is like, interesting. <laughs> its weak point is over there. Then, anyway, okay, that Scott is like, we gotta take it alive. I'm like, are you for real right now? Like, you can't save this dude. Yeah. But I mean, they, they definitely try. They do. And there's this sweet moment where Hisako says to herself, we have to save this one while she's like flashing back to the kid she saw fucking die on a lab table two hours ago. Where I mean, that's, like, I know Jesus. that's fucking dark, but I also love how much anime bullshit comes out in this one moment where she's like, we've got to save this one. And Storm's like, stay focused and we will get through this. And Armor's like, <laughs> I'll try. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this is like, like magic Storm girl time. flies in to like give a little pep talk. And Logan is also there and he's like, concentrate kid. Cause he's also a magical girl at the same time. It's great. It's a great fun little moment of magical girl power. Beast also is leaping around being beast, which is badass. Emma's diamond. Everyone's doing stuff. Emma doesn't have her cool heel kick yet. That's in the next battle. That's right. Um, there's this weird moment where the creature kind of like stops right after Storm shoots lightning at it. And then it kind of like, stands there and storm is just like what's going on and then it catches her off guard and pins her and then logan just runs up and starts tearing off its legs and like screaming (laughs) which is pretty badass which is crazy because just two seconds ago scott was like we got to take it alive and logan's like what if i rip off its limbs And logan's like well does it need legs (laughs) okay but then also armor just does a flying leap on top of it in her armor form and like crushes it like the literal bug that it is and there's like this and that actually is what how like that's how it does this and then then it turns into that other scientist rico the woman rico yeah it turns it transforms and dr sasaki's like oh my god and then we get a (laughs) close-up yeah she's like surprised dr sasaki's like oh my god it's rico and it's like what how stupid are you like you've just been injecting people at random and like yeah are you a real doctor knows what's going on okay but the other two scientists are here now. One dude, I don't remember yes. his name. He runs away. Jun. No, Jun is the one that we get a close-up of his eye. Yeah. And we're like, well, now we know who this is. Koichi is the other one with the beard who starts having a full-on panic attack and runs away. We get a close-up of Jun's eye, which is important to remember. Yes, it and is. Then, remember close-ups on eyes, Brian? Eyes. Where did that Where did that happen? Have <laughs> we seen that anywhere before? Interesting. Interesting. Was it and Logan's unfortunately, eye? Unfortunately, we've seen it with every other character on the show. It's I mean, just yeah, that right. there was only one character who I talked about. 
about it on the on the podcast, so the listener will make the connection. But I do like that Logan's standing there and he just goes, "Something doesn't smell right here." Like fucking duh, Logan. I know, like it's you're hilarious. in a fucking sub basement underground lab where people are turning into monsters, and Logan's like, "Something seems fishy." Don't really know <laughs> what, and it's like, oh my and god. Scott and Emma are just exchanging a look, like Jesus Christ, Very like fucking what? for real right now. Yeah. Okay, then we get a shot of the moon. It's the moon. The moon. the moon is back. And we see the X jet that is flying there on autopilot with Xavier inside, talking to himself for like, I don't know, oh. the entire 12 hour ride. My God. <laughs> I was so like, long. I mean, I, I understand why they put this here because it does give us a lot of exposition that it, in the way the anime does, where there's always like one character either mm-hmm, explaining mm-hmm. to the audience what's happening or explaining to the other person. I mean, he's talking to no one. So it's, it's a tough scene to perform. It's a tough scene to write, but also it's exposition that's necessary. It's always like when anime like has to be a comic book thought bubble, which they all do, where they like mm-hmm. explain like massive plot points and like this like background information. Like when you're playing Super Smash Brothers and you, the old <laughs> ones where they used to give you the little bios between the trophies you get. It's yeah. like... This is that, the item description for Charles Xavier. Like, yeah. this, this is his lore, his character description in the menu. I mean, I, we're not going to recite the whole fucking monologue. But basically, what happens is that Xavier says that he had visited the Sasaki Institute where he Years met... Ago. Yeah, he met Dr. Sasaki where she was treating her students just like people. Mm-hmm. And Xavier Which, fell in love with him. That line is pretty hilarious where he's like, he, she didn't even care if they were all gay. And it's like, oh my God, Xavier, you might be a little too easily impressed by this woman, but it's fine. Whatever. I know, right? Uh, and then it like kind of cuts them standing in front of a tree, a blossom tree, because it is an anime. Mm-hmm. And Xavier's like, it's very romantic. Hey, and they're like watching is... the sunset. Well, but it's crazy though, because Xavier's like, so can you like shut down your school and come with me? <laughs> Move to New York with me? And she was like, and she's no, like, no, because I have a career. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not going to just leave these kids. And he's like, so I left her because she's a stupid bitch. Anyway, sorry, I, I'm clearly editorializing. No, you're right. And then, like, later on, he's like, okay, maybe... Also, she was apparently, like, secretly pregnant and not telling him. Or maybe she didn't know yet. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't, know we don't, we don't really here. know. And eventually, Xavier was like, you know what? I'm going to give her a call. And she's like, don't ever talk to me again. Uh, was what <laughs> that's going on. interesting because it's like, did she have a mutant child and then just fucking lost her marbles? Okay, wait. But this is when a massive reveal happens from that little kid that we keep on seeing in Xavier's dream... I mean, he kind of hinted at it before. Yeah, he's like, he hinted I wonder... at it before that he was and like, is that the like... same kid? But like, this is confirmation, essentially. Yeah, he's like yeah. flat out like, yeah, that's my son. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to him. And I was like, that's how we're going to reveal this information. Xavier just going, yep, that's him. That's the purpose of those fucking flashbacks that keep having. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, thanks. It was also funny because he has a line that says, looking back, it all makes sense. And I'm like, I have so many questions still. Like, it really doesn't all make sense, Charles. But I'm glad you feel like it does. I mean, it makes sense to him in the sense that it makes sense to Xavier in the <laughs> sense. Oh, my God, Ryan, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, are you going to finish the sentence or no? It makes just sense leave it there? to Xavier in the sense that he uh, got a confirmation as to why she was avoiding him. because they had a kid together and she didn't tell him. That's true. That's true. So that one piece of the situation makes sense. But here's all the stuff that doesn't like everything else that's happened in northern Japan in the past. <laughs> I don't okay, know. Okay, well, long. whatever. I mean, <laughs> so anyway, that's that's why Charles is talking to himself and being like, "I need to see Yui again to get answers." Yeah, the monologue goes on longer, but I eventually stopped taking notes and I, I just wrote, "Why is the monologue still going?" I wrote it all down, but it genuinely doesn't matter. We just summarized it all. Okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, it goes to 
the Sasaki Institute. Riko is asleep. Uh, unconscious. Everyone is watching her sleep. Like everyone. Yep, X Men yep. staple. It's like Emma, Beast, Scott, Logan, Doctor Sasaki, Armor, mm-hmm. Storm. We get to like, hear the little like heart rate monitor beeping. Everything's going great. I was like, why are they all in Actually, this room? Actually, I don't think. Well, maybe Jun is there. I don't think the uh, Roichi is there because he's busy freaking out in his own room. Right. Um, so this is one of Hank's many scenes where he's like, what the fuck is going on? So yeah. like Hank is like, I'd like to examine her further back at my lab at the Institute. Although it's quite clear her ex gene has suffered some serious degradation. Hopefully we're not too late with any luck. This antiviral will halt any further genetic erosion. Doctor, yeah. I'm going to administer it now. So then he pulls up her sleeve and sees that she has like a ton of track marks from previous injections. And right. Hank is like shocked by this and is like, what the fuck is this? Does she have a medical condition? And Sasaki is like the worst liar in the universe when she's like, um, I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, wait, JK, I'm remembering right now, right this second that she's diabetic. So actually that's why. And Hank just kind of pauses and is like, shouldn't you know Beast is so annoyed. if any of your staff is diabetic or not? And Sasaki's <laughs> like, IDK, I didn't ever really confirm it. Cause like, I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you anything more. <laughs> and Hank just kind of sighs and like injects her. And Hisako is like, don't worry, Dr. Sasaki, everything's going to be fine. And Emma's like standing there fuming, being like, yeah, this is so fucked up. It's a good scene. It's like a a series of everybody's facial expressions being like, this is insanely fucked up. And like the one kid in the room is trying to be like, this is fine though, right? And nobody wants to tell her that like, it's not fine. (laughs) Like it's an extremely fucked up situation. Mm -hmm. So Scott and Logan have broken off from the crew holding hands to hook up really quick and also look for the other doctor who ran off by himself, Koichi. And they find Rico's room and there's like a huge hole in the wall because she turned into a a fucking spider and busted out of it. And they find a bunch of like self-injection guns. They find one self-injection gun and like a bunch of test tubes of the like stuff she's been injecting. Yeah. And that kind of tells them plenty. And then they find Koichi's room where he's also holding a bunch of the vials. And this is where he has that line that you're talking, you were talking about at the beginning, Ryan, where he's like, you promised it would cure us. Like he's saying that like sobbing to himself, which is like, really tells you everything you need to know about how this is all going. I I mean, it's crazy. It turns out conversion therapy turns you into a monster, guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. We've seen it before. There's a reason why this is such a common X-Men storyline. He's also locked himself in his room, by the way. Yeah. Logan breaks down the door and he just, after he breaks it down, he goes, so anyway, you're a mutant. It was like, Logan... (laughs) very Logan. Why did you break down the door? But I mean, I guess... Well, I mean, he knocks on the door and then he's like, if you don't answer, I'm just going to invite myself in and then breaks open the door, which is also very Logan. He's like, if you don't answer, I'm going to bust it and I'm going to blow you. And we're like, Jesus, Logan, not the time. Anyway, so I don't even know what his powers even are. It doesn't say. Me either. I don't think we find out or Rico's powers for that matter. Right. And he just reveals that when his powers first emerged, he came to the Academy like as a student. And Mm -hmm. after the Academy closed, Dr. Sasaki asked him and Rico if they wanted to stay. And help out with her research. Right. What was it? Who can say? Well, we don't know yet. Um, And then he's just sobbing and like Cyclops is like looking at the vials, which he's been like angrily throwing on the ground and breaking. And Cyclops is like, so what were you injecting? And Koichi just goes, nothing, which is like completely unhelpful. And Logan is like, your friend was taking the same stuff. You know, it'd probably help if we knew what it was. And Koichi's like, I can't say without Dr. Sasaki's permission, which is like, this is so sad and weird. (laughs) And Logan is like in the background, like, how about Sonata, who's Jun Sonata? What's his deal? 
And Koichi's like, what do you mean? And Scott's like, is he from the Academy too? And Koichi says, no, he's only been here for about nine months. Dr. Sasaki took him on because of his talent as a researcher. This is sort of important. By the way, we also see a quick shot of Jun eavesdropping on this conversation outside. Yeah. And this dude's obviously clearly transforming. Well, yeah. June, (laughs) yeah. Oh, well, Koichi's, yeah. Um, So Koichi is facing away from them and like his eyes are turning red and his face is like melting and he's like i'm fine you guys should leave <laughs> and like they do for some reason like i don't i don't know i don't but know. They can't well, convince him to do anything like scott just is like you should there. let beast um examine you and koichi's like no thanks and like there's his eyes are really like do. bleeding i don't know it's crazy and it, <laughs> i mean it goes back to the lab with hank and this isn't actually very important because hank just literally it's just a fun scene where he beast like, is like recaps everything that's happening yeah but that's the fun part he's just lists off like 60 suspicious things that have happened and sasaki's like i don't know anything about any of that and beast just interrupts her and is like i find it somewhat implausible that a woman with your extensive background in mutant research could claim ignorance in this matter look at this girl maybe it's time you told us exactly what kind of research it is you're doing here and she's like ah, you have to believe me this is the part where she's like uh, uh, i i don't understand i i I don't feel very well. I need to go lie down. Goodbye. And like, <laughs> yeah, she just leaves. She's like, please excuse me. And it's like, why, why are you? <laughs> I don't know what's thinking happening. Thinking that you can escape the music on this one. Like, you... I don't know. It, like down the hall, the the dudes now transformed into a resident yeah, evil like, monster. Another monster is about to show up again. <laughs> like, like, did you think this was only going to happen the one time? It's going to happen to everyone you injected. Like, yeah. hello. Oh, I know. God. So, well, the other guy transforms into a monster, busts out of the room, throwing Logan and Scott aside, and, like, stomps through the hall. Okay, their lines are really funny here. They like, are Logan just so goes, good. here we go, and Scott says, like, really quietly, <laughs> oh, no, not again. And, like, the delivery is <laughs> so funny. I don't know why the delivery was so funny. It's like they're both, like, so <laughs> bored by what's happening. I know, they're like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> what? Okay. Like, so he kind of turns into, like the resident evil monster we described like he looks like a venus flytrap but like also kind of a bug guy with like huge praying mantis legs it's hard to describe he doesn't i don't even know what's happening anything i've ever seen before Uh, very creative designs for these monsters i I wrote it down more as like an alligator tyrant (laughs) yeah kind of like an alligator with venus flytrap teeth and i don't know i like how like scott walks down the hall and he just calmly goes i think we found him and then Armor's like, this should be fun. Yeah, it's like everyone is so exhausted at this point. They're just like, like giving these bored lines. And I'm like, nobody even wants to deal with Dr. Sasaki's shit right now. And it's like, okay. Yep. But yep. this mutated alligator fucking Venus trap man. Has a crush on his yeah. teacher. Which is really sad. And I mean, he was a child. and He's not attacking her. So like, that's like a whole thing. No, he's like King Konging holding her in his hand and not attacking her. I know. And it's really funny because they're like, what's happening? Scott goes, oh, he has a crush on her. And I was like, Yeah, Scott's really? like, I've seen this before. <laughs> he's like, I also like strong women who wear lab coats. So I can explain this one. And everyone's like, okay, Scott, thanks for your input. <laughs> it's it's like, situation. we're just going to do this whole like dating sim thing now. And yeah. armor turns into an armor form two suit and it kind of like prematurely runs over and pins it down. Yeah. But it doesn't attack her yet. Dr. Sasaki, Sasaki wakes up and it says, that's enough. To the monster and sort of t- convinces him to relent. Yeah. And the monster puts her down 
And she's like, thank you. And then as soon as that, he like loses his mind completely and just goes completely feral. And mm-hmm. also has the power to like, I think this is actual mutant powers that he Me has too. like. Like a shockwave of some kind? Like he, like Banshee scream, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, That's yeah. kind of what it looked like because he opens up his alligator mouth and it's like, <laughs> and everyone like falls down and I was like, yeah. what's happening? Why didn't we cool have power. a character in Demon that could do that? That would have been great. I mean, it's not too late. D3. D3 will introduce another character called Alarm or like something. <laughs> based on like what is it even a parody know, of anything banshee oh okay yeah i guess you're right i forgot yeah. about banshee even though that's clearly a character we could have faced alarm on all right great also can't wait scott notices that there's like a thousand more vials of this shit that they've been injecting themselves with yeah scott like falls into another room because i think he gets like <laughs> swatted in there by the alligator monster and he's yeah. like oh wow there's like a thousand <laughs> vials in here this is crazy i know it is crazy uh meanwhile I love this moment where Emma goes diamond and yes. shoves her heel into the monster's face, which is just it. incredible. I love how much of Emma's heel shoving we're getting to see on this show. This is like her main fighting technique is like going diamond and then heel kicking, and then kicking various people. characters. I fucking love it. It's pretty great. Then Logan does his one move, which is slicing the, the creature's legs off and yeah. armor manages to attack after that. Yeah. Storm shoots a bunch of lightning at it. And I think that finally knocks it out. Okay, well, Storm's, like, full-on, like, a magic girl, the way they animated it. Oh, yeah, it. she's flying around. She looks I, like Sailor Moon. It is crazy. Yeah, she's like, moon, prism, power, and, like, shoots a bunch of lightning. So after this thing goes down, Emma looks over to, and just sees that mastermind just standing there, like, okay. winking at her. And, like, somehow she figures out, well, because then mastermind very slowly turns back into Jin Kanata and quietly walks away, which is hilarious I because Emma doesn't exclaim. She just stares at this and is like and quietly it's like I'm going to kill this man this like quietly to herself she's just yeah. like god fucking damn it yeah I know that I know piece of shit it's so funny <laughs> like it's so Emma to not like scream like if Logan saw this he'd be like wait that's mastermind that's that purple coat guy we've been looking for this whole time psych yeah. are you seeing this and it would be like an, a monologue that goes on forever whereas no. Emma's just like I'm going to reveal this in my own time. I'm I'm going to have to figure this shit out. I really hope this ends with Emma killing him at the end of the show, because that'd be fantastic. I feel like it has to, because like for her, it's personal. It's also kind of fun to see him transform and like be wearing his ludicrous purple coat. Like we get a much better look at it this time with like the gold sequins and all. I the... like that he like revealed himself to Emma. Like, why yeah, does he why? even do that? Because <laughs> he's. I, I don't see how it's tactically sound for him to have done this, but it is very showboaty. I think this goes back to that previous episode where like he was like, listen you may be able to leave the hellfire club but you're never free of me and like this is him just reminding him being like see bitch i like lured you in here and got you captured and like blah 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 and now you know it's me but you can't convince them because i'm going to transfer him back into june and like scott's just gonna say you're crazy again so bye yeah you know yeah you're probably right and also maybe he thinks he can lure emma back to the hellfire club it's a, a very like mean girl method version of mastermind however this version of mastermind is queer as fuck so like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put it past him to have like a burn book and emma's name is like in it repeatedly <laughs> Well, Emma also has a burn book with Mastermind's name in it repeatedly, so it's kind of mutual. Yeah, they're just burning each other. 
It's like a death note. <laughs> I want the Mean Girls version of death, death note. note. Um <laughs> speaking of being gay, Logan checks in on Scott and is like, "Are you okay, honey?" And Scott is like, "Yeah, whatever." And Storm and Beast are like, "We need to get this guy back to the med center." And they're like, "Okie dokie." Anyway, so they're watching this other dude sleep now. <laughs> yeah. They're all in there. And it's really funny cuz like Dr. this isn't funny, but Dr. Sasaki is crying. Again. And Arma's just like And she's like, "Why did it have to be Koichi?" And it's like why did it have to be Rico? Like you gave them both the same freaking thing. What I did mean, you think was going to happen? Unless she didn't give it to them or it wasn't. De- I don't she know did. what's we happening. We saw her giving it oh, to them. Oh, that's right. We did. That's right. And Armour's just like naively like, so everything's okay now, right? Nothing else <laughs> is going to happen, right? Uh, but instead, Beast eventually like loses his shit here, which is yeah, this great. This is the scene where Beast is like, "I'm fucking done." So Beast <laughs> is like, "I've given him the antiviral, but in doing so, I noticed additional track marks on his left arm, just like Rico had." Are you going to tell me those are from insulin as well? And Sasaki's just like <laughs> so sobbing. fucking snarky. I okay, love it. This this line is the most shady of all because he goes, "Ms. Sasaki," like very purposefully, like not calling her Doctor Sasaki anymore. Did you notice that? Where oh, he's no, like, I "You're didn't. not a fucking doctor what a anymore, bitch. bitch." It's so funny he's like ms sasaki we need to inoculate your other assistant and yui is like jun we can do that later which like interesting also we haven't yet seen mastermind injecting himself because remember in the previous episode he was like i'm gonna go do it in my room yeah bye so like he's probably smart enough to be like i'm not gonna inject this shit or he's the one fucking with it i don't really know could be we don't know that's a good point so then scott and logan walk in after making out and Scott is like, I found something interesting, some sort of liquid concentrate. And they like show all these like vials that they found. And Logan's like, somebody was stockpiling it. There was a mini fridge full of the stuff. And Sasaki just starts sobbing again and like collapses onto the ground. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't even know. Hank concludes by being like, you owe us an explanation, but it's like, he said Bitch. that a thousand times. It's like, when is she going to give them one? Oh, I mean, you she know? clearly isn't. So she's like sobbing and crawling around on the floor. But now we're going to go Xavier, who's landed the blackbird. By the way, like. Okay, this seat. What? I Okay, I'll let you, I'll let you just grab I it. I don't. don't I, thought he, I thought he landed the blackbird, but I don't think he did. I don't really know what's happening. I don't think happening. so. I think he's still so in like, the air. He's like, he's like using his powers to get flashes of like every episode so far, like quick flashes. And we're like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the fucking sky rips open and it, like, like, an, like a mouth that eats uh, yeah, the jet, this giant black hole that's shaped <laughs> like the Cheshire cat's face appears, <laughs> eats the blackbird and it sucks Xavier out of it into like a portal at this like, Full on LCD trip where it's like a bunch of different colors and like stuff spiraling down a tunnel of color. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And Xavier just goes, oh no. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, what else can you say in that situation? I would probably also scream, oh no. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, my notes at this point are just me typing LOL and what just happened. LMFAO, oh, 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 oh. Because I, I was like screaming watching this. Like, what's what? happening? Like, how do I write a note down? I, <laughs> I, I feel like the whole episode is like really well paced and makes sense even with like all the fucking transformations and shit and it's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. as more shit happens beast just being like bitch this is clearly <laughs> something you're doing here what's happening and then it just like takes it to 11 and like the last five seconds of the episode and does something that just completely like rips apart 
the entire fabric of this universe they've established. And I'm like, I know What's it's kind of happening? awesome because we already got the reveal that Jen is mastermind, which that's exciting enough on its own. I mean, do you think it's like, do you think it's mastermind just creating an illusion of Xavier getting sucked up? Or do you think it's like his son? I mean, I think it's his son, first of all. And I also think it's related to whatever attacked the blackbird, because do you remember when they were like plummeting oh, to the ground and right. then they got eaten by the like snow tendrils and everything. Like what was that? And what did, what caused that? Uh, yeah. They, I was hoping they would explain that eventually because I have no idea truly yeah. what the fuck is I mean, happening. It seems, I mean, it seems like the kind of thing that like Proteus would be able to do. I don't okay. fucking know. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is one of those episodes that I recommend you getting stoned for. We, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a while since I had one of those. I know. I, I didn't know. recommend any of them from Wolverine and the X-Men because they just weren't trippy enough for that shit. It's not like an X-Men the Animated Series. It's like, like, get stoned before you watch this fucking acid trip. This is a good one because there's all the transformations of the monsters and shit and the mm-hmm. animation's really good and then it like turns into some crazy Alice in Wonderland bullshit at the end of it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You don't even have to be stoned, though. I really enjoyed it. Stone Cold Sober. I mean, I I thought it was a really cool animated moment. I was shocked by it because I felt like we'd already had so many reveals in the episode. I expected Xavier to just be like, time to talk to Yui, and that would be the end of the episode, be him being about to land. Nope. A fucking eyeball in the sky opens him (laughs) into a black hole, and he just swirls into a torpedo of of fucking hell. I don't even know where he is now. Like, where is Xavier? Is Xavier dead? I don't know. One can hope, right? One can only hope. Fingers crossed. And I kind of like this version of Xavier, but I'm still like, he doesn't need to be on the show. If they wanted to kill him, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. It'd be funny if this is the one show that actually does kill him. That would be hilarious. I don't actually think he's dead. I think he's in like some weird astral plane reality where he's going to be tortured by his son or something. Oh my God. Because I feel like he finally showed up and his son is going to be like, where were you? Like the Legion episode of, um, what was it? X-Men Evolution? X-Men Evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that is kind of where, where I think it's going to land, which I think would be fun. I think it would be fun I mean, I'm too. excited. I'm excited for next week. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. But as far as I know, he's stuck in inside a kaleidoscope somewhere so like it seems like he's stuck inside a kaleidoscope i mean he also (laughs) said right before getting sucked in like when when ryan was describing like the flashbacks that we could see on the screen to like everything on the show so far while xavier was experiencing that he was like some entity is reached into my thoughts um so it's like oh like this being has psychic powers of some kind yeah probably in order to be capable of that so that kind of points to a character that would be Xavier's son and would have that ability, you know? Yeah, I agree. So what do you want to rate this one? I am going to give it a five out of five X's again, mm-hmm. which is funny because I just felt like I already kind of stated it where I said the pacing of this is very good. And I, it's great. Even, even though like we do two monsters in this, which is a lot for a 20 minute episode. It is. It is. I think it's great, though. I really enjoyed it. And I liked how the characters were also exhausted by the second monster. Well, that's what I mean. (laughs) It's like, I feel like the, it's all this chaos is happening. I think that is part of why it actually works is because they're like, after the one monster is turned back into a human they're mm-hmm. questioning Dr. Sasaki. They're like, what is this crazy shit? And she's like, uh, I, I can't say anything. I don't even understand how this even happened. And then meanwhile, these second monsters ha- like also exploding. taking off and tearing down the halls. And they're like, okay, but for real though, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? It's like, yep. 
I love it's it. It's just a lot of fun. And I, I mean, obviously animation is very good. It's been very good throughout this whole show, but I mm-hmm. really enjoy all the monster transformations, even though they make no sense. And sometimes they're a little, they're both kind of sexual monsters, but I don't know, like <laughs> there's something very resident evil about it that I like. Well, it's because their mutant powers, AKA their homosexuality is getting out of control Yeah, and it's dangerous. I also do feel like this show could work as like a Resident Evil style video game totally. where you're like trying to figure like out what X-Men happened. Like an X-Men game? Yeah, that'd be yeah. really cool, actually. I think I would it would be that. really cool. I think it would work just because like there's so much going on and I love all the underground live shit. I mean, it screams me Resident Evil to me, so it's kind of hard for me not to like this. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, I think anything that has like a lab with weird shit going on, I'm like, oh, this is Resident Evil. Like I'm watching Splash and they've captured though, the this... fucking mermaid. I'm like, it's Resident <laughs> Evil. Like, Okay, but the end of Splash is Resident Evil. I 100% agree with you. And also like, this has a lot of similarities too. It's part of why we like the X-Men so much and why we're always like, oh, there's so much crossover in these fandoms. Like this show is proving why that's the case. Where it's yeah. like, what if we really leaned in to the horror elements of X-Men while still having the mutant metaphor in there in the background and still sort of having this cautionary tale of like the idea of a cure being ultimately damaging. Like that's in line with just sort of the overall political message of like, you have to accept who you truly are. And that means accepting your mutant power, your physical body, your mental state, everything about it. Yeah, I think they did some really interesting stuff with that. Yeah, I like that. And I also even like, just the fucking escalation of beast in this episode. I think that's really, really, really good. Oh, it was really fun to watch. I even liked the reveal of mastermind to Emma being like, Hey bitch, it's me. Good luck proving it to everybody else that it's me. (laughs) Haha. I'm fucking with you even still. And I was just like, this fucking piece of shit is here. Yeah. And then the final reveal was exciting too, where I'm like, what's going on? So yeah, I'm giving it a five out of five as well. I really enjoyed the episode and it made me like very excited to keep watching. I even enjoyed the fucking LSD trip at the end. Yeah, it was crazy because I'm like, what's going on? I mean, one of my complaints about some of the earlier episodes is I was like, I mean, it's a total anime thing too, where it's like, we got to make this go as slowly as possible in Mm -hmm. in terms of like telling these plot points. I think anime does often make this mistake where they spend a lot of time like not moving the plot a lot and then they try to I like mean, honestly american cartoons do too we've god knows we've seen plenty of filler episodes yeah but then they try to like jam it in there yes but like i feel like this show is actually the right length for what they're doing and because there's still like six episodes left or something so it's not yeah it's not terrible but i i've enjoyed it a lot and i think that this is going to be one of the higher recommended shows that I have for X-Men. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, but so far... Uh, oh, by the way, we have decided that we're going to do a wrap-up of this show and that Wolverine anime together. So stick around for that. We're not going to do a wrap-up just on this. We're going to do a full wrap-up of both seasons of the anime yeah. together. That's right. I don't have any characters this week since they made up a bunch of characters for this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about who's gay really quick. The it's mastermind (laughs) 
Oh no my one's god! With this caddy bitch, like what he the fucking pi- purple pirate coat? Like literally leading the new Mean Girls cult. I mean, that's what his Hellfire Club is because this is not Sebastian Shaw's Hellfire no. Club. It's Mastermind. So immediately, it's just like Mean Girls and like a couple of queer teenagers because he can't get anybody else to side with him other than like vulnerable queer teens. And once yeah. Emma got old enough to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. He was like, Okay, I guess I have to find a couple more teenagers. Right. Marsh Rat, you interested? Like that's the only way you can recruit yeah marsh is just sitting there he's like i can tell the weather with my boobs uh, so anyway <laughs> yeah that's exactly what marsh is like he's not even in this episode and we're talking about him i like how i'm like saying he would say that and not storm but whatever <laughs> no um so yeah i just thought it was funny because i didn't predict this even though i feel like i could have and also this was a spoiler that you looked up by accident and didn't tell me which i appreciate by the way well it's because i was trying to figure something out for like a future episode and then like oh like a who's that x-men and you accidentally were like wait john is mastermind <laughs> whoopsie daisy yeah 100 percent. i was like not trying to do that and it was like ridiculous too because i was just like reading like like a synopsis that's like two sentences so i wasn't expecting spoilers to be in there you know what yeah, i mean I know. like I, I was like, know. God damn it. Why did you put that in there? It was like all the episodes listed off like very vaguely what happens. And then for this one, it was like, anyway, June's revealed to be mastermind. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's that's too bad. But also, I feel like even the reveal was still really fun. Even knowing about it. Probably, I agree. I would guess. I don't know. I didn't know about it. Yeah. I mean, I was still kind of surprised in the way that they did that. And they made mm-hmm, him super mm-hmm. gay still. I mean, he's just a queer coded villain. I love that we have like a Disney-esque queer villain here. And it's just mm-hmm. this version of Mastermind it's, twirling. He's basically Jafar. His, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Twirling in his purple coat. Yep. I love it. It's fun. I also still ship Scott and Logan for what it's worth. I feel like every time Logan goes anywhere, he's always like checking in on Scott constantly. Like he like it's written that way. Yeah. I feel like they're actually dating on this show. You know what I mean? They're like always like hanging out with each other. It's funny because in episode one, Logan was being such a dick. And then he's like, so anyway, want to fuck on the pool table? It's kind of mm-hmm. like. And he's also like really caring towards Scott in this episode. And is yeah, like, are you OK? Guy. Like every other line. And it's like kind of cute. I don't know. And Scott's like, I don't know. Who am I? Excuse me. Who are you? <laughs> like, so they're gay. Um, yep. They're best bros, but also like they're dating each other because Gene's dead. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Scott doesn't yet feel comfortable like dating another woman because, you know, it reminds him too much of Gene. So Logan's there. Yeah, because Emma's standing yeah. there. You know? But you know he's got that little crush on Emma. But Emma's also like busy getting over her own shit right now. She's like, I, mean, I need to really kill a couple people first. I, I'm like kind of wondering <laughs> if we're actually going to see those two be a thing at all or if it's just going to be like in the background subtly hinted at you know yeah i don't know if they're even gonna go there i feel like they don't have time yeah the only relationship that even shown on this show is like gene dying in scott's arms and so (laughs) yeah and then it's scott logan but that's the only like healthy relationship which is theoretically a friendship um and that's it like it's like a friends with benefits situation right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh anyway that's our show that is our show um friends with benefits Six years of this, folks. Six freaking years. All right. Time for plugs. That's what we're going to call our anniversaries. Our anniversary is like Friends with Benefits, the podcast. That would be a fun. Okay. That'd be a hilarious podcast title, though. Oh, what? We just watched the movie Friends with Benefits, but for some reason we pretend it's about Scott and Logan. No, the entire time? I was like, if, if we're like, no, we have a podcast that's Friends with Benefits, but it's like that sh- that other podcast you love that's with the, the queer folks in the shower room. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the yeah. same room. 
room. I'm yeah, like the shower um, room. The steam room with Ben and Hessa. Um, it would be also funny if our show was called Friends with Benefits, but like it's just still an X-Men show and we just never I mean, explain that's the like title. When we had Insomniac in the morning when we had that show, it, like our listeners Which that converted really from over anything. there. I know. <laughs> I know. And our listeners who, who listened to that show jumped from that show to this one right and they were mm-hmm. like no that old show was also an x-men show like if you go back and listen kind to the of, episodes kind of it I was just... kind of not a show that had a format i'm glad we have a format now i'm proud of us for maintaining that for yeah. six years but we did have insomniacs in the morning for a couple of years prior to this show existing well okay the original podcast that we did listeners was this oh. horrible it's on the mutant dh's patreon so plug that real quick uh, but we made this show called Give You a Give Seven, you a where seven. we were going to read all of our old stories that we wrote. The mm-hmm. recording is so bad. The quality is bad. The, the, I should say, like, the recordings themselves are actually pretty cute. And it's too bad yeah. that the quality is so unlistenably bad. But you can still try to give it a shot and listen to them. We'll talk about the Patreon yeah. in a second. But first, let's talk about MutantAges.com, because it's got all these different ways that we you can contact us. You should You should definitely go ahead and start thinking about your reader mails that you might want to send into the mutant ages at gmail.com and uh, join our discord. We have a question uh, section in there and also a chat where you can just shoot the shit with other, other fans. Um, I'm sure we're going to do a listener feedback episode when we get to the end of this season, which is only four episodes away, I believe, because uh, next week is episode nine and there's 12 apps total. Wow. That's so sad. there we go. It's coming up. Um, we also have a voicemail inbox, 1508-319-1668, where you can leave us voicemails, which we also play on our listener feedback episodes. And we have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And you can contact us on every form of social media. You can send us questions through Twitter or Facebook or anything else that you want to. But also you can just follow us and get updates about the show. We're on Tumblr, Instagram, Pinterest. We're on TikTok. I mean, we're on them all. We're on every every platform. And um, we're also individually on those platforms. I'm at Mindy Myers on all the platforms I just listed. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Twitch and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. So, mm-hmm. but I'm 90% certain if you just write my name as like Ryan Space Pagella on Instagram, it's going to pull me up, right? Like, I think that's how yeah, that works. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, probably. But also, what's important is that we have a YouTube channel for the Mutant Ages where we play through all the X Men video games that have ever been created. And sometimes we make parody videos, sometimes we react to old videos we made in high school. Uh, that are still X-Men related because Maddie and I have like one trick and that's called the X-Men. And <laughs> sometimes they take clips from this show and they match it up with the actual animation or the movies from the X-Men media that we're discussing here on this lovely channel. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good time. You should go give that a subscribe. I agree. And you should also check out patreon.com slash the mutant ages, which is where you can listen to our very poorly recorded old episodes of Giffy 7 but also some very beautifully recorded bonus episodes from this show, some of which even have taught on them. And our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show that's right um the, not, again not a, a lot of characters to it's be it's kind of hard to imitate we the already voices did because they're all such understated what, unless we're like dr sasaki you're like oh, samuel b soren b <laughs> I, uh, I don't know anything I, I about I don't know anything, what I don't know anything about either of you and like uh don't uh uh, uh, I, uh, uh you both have diabetes right um uh, uh i don't know i know uh but thanks for being our top tier patron supporters um i, I have to go lie down 
never take a vial from Dr. Sasaki or a cup of tea. I mean, that turned out okay as far as we know. And don't do that if Moira McTaggart also offers yeah. you those things. Don't trust her. Don't trust any version of Moira from any reality. Don't trust a hoe. <laughs> don't trust me. <laughs> um, oh also, my God. if you can't afford to support the show... That's okay. We forgive you. But please leave us a rating or write us a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on or share the show on your personal social media. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends how good the X-Men anime is. You're watching with us, right? Because it's on YouTube and it's free and it's really good. And I love it. I love it too. And that's our show. Wonderful. It's time for dinner. It is time to dinner. <laughs> I Happy six year anniversary, Ryan and listeners. All right. See you next time. See you next time. X time. See you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly forgets the call sign. I've only been doing it for six six years. years. Okay. See you next time. See you next week. See you X time. See you X week. See you X week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.